Hey there, future fans! This week, nature calls, we play matchmaker, and boys will be terrifying. This is the week of February 21st, 2020, and you are listening to episode 164 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show you may be wondering billiam what happened to you last week you were gone and i was sad into that i say i'm sorry i blame i actually blame fujin the japanese god of the wind because we had a huge high wind advisory in our area and actually trees fell hit power lines luckily Luckily, there was no, uh, what do you call that thing that's terrifying? Fire! Luckily for us, there was no fire, so I'm able to bring you a show this week. Just last week, we had no power or internet, and we had no internet longer than no power, because whatever damage was done to the lines f***ed up the internet way more. And what did we do when we had no internet? We we had to pick up these things, I, I believe... My parents in their generation called them books. Books, I think. They're, they're made of dead trees. And they have they have runes inscribed in them. And this joke is going nowhere fast. So I'm going to stop right now and welcome you to the show. You may be wondering what this show is about. No, it is not about wind deities and fires. It is about movies because you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. And on this show, we do quite a few things. It always starts with some random intro, which you have already heard, and then it jumps into different categories concerning movies. First is the news and then trailers. That is any new news, any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. Am I perfect? I am not. Ask my friends and frequent listeners, I am not perfect, but I try. If I ever miss anything, let me know, and I will talk about it in the next episode. After that, we jump into the movies, which are broken up into two categories. Count them one, two. The first category is the limited section. Those are any movies that are coming out that aren't getting a wide release that also did not catch my eye. The wide releases and interesting indie section are movies that are either getting a wide release, all movies getting a wide release, no matter how good I think they look, or indies that have caught my eye. In that section, we tell you what the movie is, or in both of these sections, we tell you what the movie is what it's about, and who's in it. And then with the limited releases, it stops right there. In the wide releases and interesting indies, we go a little bit further. I give you my thoughts on the movie based solely on the trailer. And then I give you a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 to an 11 for those movies that just blow my freaking mind. We wrap that all up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And guess what, my future friends? Guess what? It is time to start with our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Our first story comes to us from, well, many sources, but the one that caught my eye first was some place called Warming Glow. Yeah, sure. Lynn Cohen, actress known for such movies and TV shows as The Hunger Games, uh, Catching Fire to be exact, Eagle Eye, and Sex in the City passed away at the age of 86. Looking at her IMDb page, she has done a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff since uh, 1983 was her first her first gig, and it just seems like she's a character actress. So you know what? Good for her for you know having such a, a big career. So next story comes to us from Digital Spy. Actor Michael Pena says that well, actually, he's just singing the praises of the forthcoming Tom and Jerry live action movie. And yeah, you you did hear that right. Tom and Jerry live action film starring Michael Pena and Chloe Grace Moretz, directed by Tim Story, who did the ride-along movies. 
And he's just saying what a blast it was, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual bullshit. We, we always hear about that. And to be honest, it could not be bullshit. A lot of times it's true. A lot of times actors do have fun. They like the cast. They like the crew. They like the whole thing. But they have to say that. They have to say stuff like this. Unless you're Daniel Craig working on a Bond movie, you have to say you like it. And then only after you're done doing the publicity for the movie can you come out and say something scathing like... Michael Bay is a scumbag who had me audition for the movie by dressing in a bikini and washing his car and he recorded it. You know, stuff like that. More news from Digital Spy. Apparently, the cast of The Fast and Furious 9 says that fans will be left questioning a lot about physics after watching the movie. I'm sorry, are you lot not aware of what happened to the previous movies? Are you thinking that everyone seeing 9 will have never seen a Fast and Furious movie before? There have always been questionable physics in this movie. This is why we like it. This next story comes to us from Uprox. Director Taika Waititi is working on his next project, or maybe not working on it yet, but we know what it is. It is another comic book adaptation that is a limited series coming to Showtime called The Outer. The only other thing we know besides Taika Waititi to helm and it going to Showtime is that it stars Jude Law. This is based off a comic uh, comic series of the same name about a movie director who goes a little nuts when stress gets the better of him. And let me just read you the uh, premise of the the first trade. And it says, fresh off the biggest bomb in Hollywood history. Oh, he's not a producer. He's a director. Producer Nathan T. Rex enters a downward spiral of drugs and depravity in a quest to resurrect his career and save his soul. Over budget and behind schedule on President's Day, he is backed into a corner by bad publicity and a crap project and studio politics. But enlisting serial killer turned murder consultant Darwin, his trusty assistant Igor, narcotics from Dr. Love, and the lovely actress Coconut, T-Rex will stop at nothing for his quest for cinematic fame and glory. So yeah, this seems like one of those comics that if you've ever been in a comic shop, it's kind of on the adult uh, the, the adult rack. And no, I don't mean porn, just the stuff with like where the Walking Dead would be. And the other weird shit. Vampire, Vampirella, is that how you say it? Red Sonia, things like that. In news from Cinema Blend, we now know about some of the cast members for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yes, that's right. It is another planned Disney live action movie. Well, live action, kind of, in the same way that Lion King was was live action, because this is a stop motion adaptation, and I would I would expect nothing less from Guillermo del Toro. Actor Walder Frey will be voicing Geppetto. Walder Frey, you would know him from Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. In Harry Potter, he played Arcus Filch. And we also know already attached to the project are Ron Perlman, of course, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, and Ewan McGregor. About the plot, little is known besides the fact that it's the story of Pinocchio. But we know that he considers this a brutalist fairy tale, or a, sorry, a brutalist fable that takes place in Mussolini-era Italy. I'm actually impressed that just knowing that, just knowing that part of the premise that Disney is letting this happen, because that doesn't sound very warm and fuzzy, doesn't sound very Disney. But I think now more than ever, Disney is flexing their creativity or allowing their directors and producers, writers, all these people working for them to do a little more. They're already allowing Deadpool 3 to be rated R, so why not just go all out? This next story comes to us from Fansighted. If you haven't heard, Ant-Man's Randall Park is joining WandaVision, or has joined WandaVision, as Jimmy Woo, the same character he played in Ant-Man. And apparently it's because he expressed interest in bringing the character back, and then someone at Disney said, hey, come back, we want to talk to you about doing this show as Jimmy Woo, and he said, great. Ladies and gentlemen, this next story comes to us from Flickering Myth. If you remember, former Marvel television head Jeff Loeb, and I almost mispronounce it because it's spelled Jeff J-E-P-H, which makes me think he just had the most try-hard parents or it's some sort of old-world spelling that they're paying homage to their great-great-great-grandfather or something. Either way, enough about Jeff. Well, let's talk about what he said. He said it's all connected, as in the Marvel TV shows and the Marvel movies, Though we know so far that all of the Marvel TV shows on Netflix, 
Basically, Disney just said, oh, go f*** yourself. You have nothing to do with us. As they failed to include anything from any of those shows in any of the movies, well, now it looks like the forthcoming Miss Marvel TV show on Disney Plus will reintroduce the, uh, the failed Inhumans to the MCU. We do know that the Disney Plus Marvel TV shows will 100% be involved in the MCU. That is linked to the movies, so now we're going to bring something from a non-Marvel movie, non-Disney Plus series into the mix. My future friends, we have a story from Cinema Blend. If you remember, I've talked about this before. I think the last episode, we have another we had another story about Uncharted, the Uncharted movie. Well, Tom Holland says he has read the script. Yes, my friends, he has read the script and he says it has one of the best scripts he has ever read. And you know what? I just believe him. Look at him. Tom Holland can walk up to me and go, hey, man, the sky's purple. I'm like, yeah, I guess it is because I believe you because you're Tom Holland. To quote him exactly, he says, I read the newest draft of the script on the way over here, which means I'm guessing over to the interview, and it's one of the best scripts I've ever read. It really jumps off the page. Now, we've already talked about this when we talked about Michael Pena and the Tom and Jerry movie, saying that people are going to talk mad game about any movie they're they're doing or will do until it's all done. But nothing against Michael Pena. I love him. I think he's a fantastic actor, and from what I can tell, seems like a great guy, but it's Tom Holland. Look at him. I just trust that guy. This next story comes to us from Digital Spy. Marvel has filled a plot hole in between Thor Dark World and Thor Ragnarok, and it apparently comes from an alternate ending found on the Infinity Saga box set that was leaked on Reddit. Apparently, in this ending, Thor wakes up in his in an apartment with Odin right next to him. They talk about being king. Thor goes out to talk to Natalie Portman, who plays Jane, and they have a heart-to-heart about it. And she says, look, you have to go be king. I can't go with you and be useless, and I can't leave my home, so they part their, they part ways. There's a little more to it, but let's leave something to the imagination, right? If you, if you do get the Infinity Saga box set. I know I really want it, but trying to convince my wife that I need this, like, almost $300 box set, of which I already have a good portion of the movies, that's, that's taking a lot of, uh, a lot of convincing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a story coming to us from Uprox. Remember last week I was talking about Rick Moranis not being in the Ghostbusters movie this year? Well, Rick Moranis is ending his hiatus from Hollywood and is returning to star in a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. And it really makes me wonder who pitched him this idea, or if he pitched it himself. Apparently, director Joe Johnson is returning. Joe Johnson may not be one of those household names. In fact, I had to look him up. But he directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, Jumanji, October Sky... Jurassic Park 3, Hidalgo, and is returning to direct Shrunk, which is the new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie, starring Josh Gad, where Josh Gad plays Rick Moranis' son, and who followed in his father's footsteps and shrunk some children. Oh, apparently, also we have Joe Johnson attached to the next Chronicles of Narnia movie, which I didn't know they were going to do. Which makes me wonder, are they going to recast the kids? Because since they're doing Chronicles of Narnia, the silver chair, it makes me think they're not starting over. And now let me look for any new news that has come out since I saved all those stories. Looks like Sonic the Hedgehog is making its way to a $65 million opening weekend. Of course, we do expect movies that are released on a holiday weekend to have a bigger opening because it's an extra day. And of course, this past Monday, or tomorrow for me, since I'm recording this on Sunday, is President's Day. Now, if you, you probably remember, you remember this, right? You remember that controversy when they released the first look at Sonic and it was the stuff nightmares were made of and the fans just retaliated. People behind the movie went, hmm, maybe we should listen to the people who will be seeing this movie. They redesigned Sonic and it looks like it saved the movie. A lot of fan reactions are good. Critic reactions, not so good. But fuck them. In news that will make Snarf Chris very excited, maybe even make him pitch a tent, we are getting a Masters of the Universe animated series, which I think is going to Netflix? I think? Yes, it is coming to Netflix. Well, this has a, a, a vocal cast now. We know some of the people, including Sarah Michelle Gellar, 
Lena Headey, Jason Mewes, Justin Long, Mark Hamill, and coming along with Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy. So, so far, that is a that is an impressive vocal cast. We have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We have Cersei Lannister. We have Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. We have, oh, who, is, who do we know Justin Long from? What do we know him from? That's right. Thank you. He's the dude in Jeepers Creepers whose name is Derry. Okay, Derry. Derry, okay. Okay, Derry. Derry, okay. And then we have the Joker and f***ing Batman added to the cast. So that is, that's amazing. And what's also great is that, so this is a Kevin Smith run, a Kevin Smith run series. If you couldn't tell by the addition of Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith is doing this. And this is going to be an anime style, which what is anime style? Does it just mean it's not going to suck? I don't know. But an anime style animated series that will take place after the original He-Man cartoon that will answer the questions that weren't answered back then. So he's going to pick off, pick up, he's going to pick up where the other series left off. So fuck yeah. And our final story, this from Collider, The Eternals will be the first MCU movie to feature a same-sex kiss. You know what? Just do it. Don't f***ing tell people about it. Just do it. That would be so impressive if a company would do something more inclusive and just let it happen. True, it wasn't Disney itself that releases information to one of the actors in the movie, but don't get me wrong, I'm glad that MCU is moving into the future. I, I really am. But I think just letting it happen is the best way to have these things in movies, to have these things that haven't happened before in like a Disney film, haven't happened before in, in a certain form of media, something that the world has already caught up on, but media hasn't yet. To have it just happen and go, oh yeah, we we did that. We didn't make a big deal about it because that's just the way the world is now. But that's just me being old and crotchety. But yay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the news. Let us take a break, a little, little break to hear word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. And we will come right back with the trailers. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back with the trailers. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. Let us start, what should we start with? Uh, The first trailer we have is the trailer for Irresistible. It's a political comedy drama coming out this year on May 29th. It is written and directed by Jon Stewart, and in this movie, a Democrat strategist helps a retired veteran run for mayor in a small, conservative Midwest town. And my favorite part of the trailer is in the very beginning... When you hear Steve Carell saying Democrats are getting their asses kicked. Because, you know, I don't talk about my political beliefs on the show, but there's one thing that no matter what side what side I'm on, we can be honest about. It's that the best thing the Democrats do is lose. They're so good at it. Look at 2016. They had it. Every poll was showing Trump losing. Every poll except versus him and Hillary Clinton. Who did they shoehorn down the Democrats' throats? Who did they shoehorn in there? Hillary Clinton. Who lost? Hillary Clinton. It was their election to lose because Donald Trump was the dude from The Apprentice. He was that goofy motherfucker you saw on reality TV. The guy that even other Republicans were laughing at. And guess what? So this movie isn't just a a Democrat standing on a soapbox going, look how great we are. It just seems like it's a making fun of the whole system. It makes fun of the facts that Democrats lose, but it also makes fun of a lot of preconceived notions. Like you have this small town, this small conservative town, and you have this group of Democrats going into it trying to help a Democrat win the mayoral election. The Republicans hear about this, they send their person in to help the Republican mayor win. And you have the amazing cast of Steve Carell, Rose Bine, Chris Cooper, Topher Grace, 
Deborah Messing, Mackenzie Davis, and Will Sasso. And that's it. That's your movie. You already sold me. So we have a political-themed movie that doesn't look like, from the trailer, that's standing on a soapbox for, for one side or the other. That's kind of making fun of everything. Thank you, Jon Stewart. Because I, I loved The Daily Show when Jon Stewart was on it. Nothing against Trevor Noah at all. I just don't have time to watch as much TV as I did back then. So The Daily Show is one of the shows that didn't make the cut. But Jon Stewart ripped into everyone. It's pretty obvious that Jon Stewart's a Democrat. But if the Democrats did something stupid... He was there to rip him a new one. And I think that's the way it should be. That's why one of the most unbiased news sources of its time is The Daily Show. Just because they're like, hey, this motherfucker did something stupid over here. This other motherfucker did something stupid over here. They're in different parties. We call it. I haven't seen the show recently, so I don't know if Trevor Noah is keeping it the same, but hopefully he is. Anyway, this film looks hilarious. I love me some Steve Carell. I love, love me some Rosebine. Topher Grace, it's good to see him again. Chris, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper in Lady, Lady Bird. <laughs> Chris Cooper in Little Women was fantastic. And of course he had to be to keep up with Florence Pugh, so Saoirse Ronan, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet. Emma Watson was in that movie too. So I'm really excited for this film. Next up, we have a trailer for The Personal History of David Copperfield. This is a movie coming out May 8th, and it's about magician David Copperfield. No, no, it's not. It's based on the book by Charles Dickens called, um, what was it called? Great Expectations? No, it's called, uh, I had David Copperfield in it. And uh, is this joke working for anyone? Should I just stop? Okay, I'll just stop. Of course, this is based off the book David Copperfield, and it stars Dev Patel as David Copperfield, Dev Patel, who seems to be making a comeback, because if you remember around the time of Slumdog Millionaire, people saw Dev Patel and went, wait, hey, hey, he's f***ing awesome. We should put him in sh**. They put him in sh**, and then his stock started to fall. It never hit the ground, or never really did, but it just kind of kept, went down, and then he hung around the middle for a while, and now it seems like it's coming back up. My wife and I just saw Hotel Mumbai, and he was really good in it. I was a big fan of that movie, especially him. Dev Patel can act, I will tell you that. But this movie stars, as I said, Dev Patel, also stars Hugh Laurie, Tilda Swinton, Peter Capaldi, Gwendolyn Christie, Ben Wishaw, and Benedict Wong. And it's directed by Armando Iannucci, I think is how you say it. You would know if you watched movie, movies, TV shows like Veep, in the thick of it, or the thick of it. Uh, if you're from the UK, you probably know the show I'm Alan Partridge and the movie based on the graphic novel, The Death of Stalin. So Armando Iannucci worked on the script with writer, let's see, Simon Blackwell, who he's worked with many times before on Veep and the thick of it. And I am really excited for this. This looks really good. And David Copperfield is actually on my TBR. It's one of those books that will probably always be there because I'm so intimidated. I am so, so intimidated by Charles Dickens. And I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I can read this, read the book before the movie comes out. But the movie's coming out May 8th and it's, okay, let's see how big the book is. Well, obviously different editions are different lengths, but just Googling David Copperfield book length, it says David Copperfield, the average reader will spend 18 hours and 49 minutes reading it at 250 words per minute. You know, when, when, um, I was on a family trip recently, my wife and I and my parents went up to Grass Valley where my grandparents lived. We now visit their grave and there's this gigantic co-op bookstore up there. And I wanted to pick up a copy of War and Peace. I've been obsessed with reading War and Peace since I was a kid. Never have, because good God, you can murder someone with that. But the reason I've been so obsessed with it is because War and Peace was the book that Charlie Brown was worried about reading in the Peanuts New Year's special. Okay, the next movie is the first of two movies starring Jesse Eisenberg that got trailers, and it's for a movie called Vivarium. It's about a young couple looking for the perfect home, but they find themselves trapped in a mysterious labyrinth-like neighborhood of identical houses. They can't escape, so they end up living in the house that they looked at and can't find any way of getting out until one day a package is delivered that contains a baby boy and it says raise the boy and be released. So it looks like a suspenseful mind f and it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. And I'm excited. This looks good. 
on IMDb, it's labeled as a mystery sci-fi, but I would say more of a comedy mystery thriller-ish. But I think it looks really promising. Of course, nothing to see in theaters, unless you just happen to have the time. This comes out March 27th. All right, next up, we have a trailer for a movie that I actually don't really know what it's about. Because the trailer had this movie called, um, oh god, what was it? The Iron Mask. But if you look on that IMDb page, it says Journey to China, the mystery of Iron Mask. And the premise was obviously just translated from from the original Chinese to English and no one proofread it because it says early 1700 cartographer Jay Green slash Forbidden Kingdom 2014 is back to map Russia, Russian Far East. He's forced onto China where he has confronts the Dragon Master et al. <laughs> Sounds like that's the Dragon Master's name. I'm et al, the Dragon Master. No, it's et al, as in you would do if you were citing your sources in a paper. The iron-masked Russian Tsar escapes Tower of London to a Russian ship. That's it. But what the trailer shows us is something different, and what the trailer shows us looks like two separate movies that have nothing to do with each other that were spliced together. So we have one part of the movie where we have a Chinese woman on the run that gets help from this guy named Jonathan Green, and they come across this empress or famous political figure in China who can control a dragon, I guess, and they need to stop her for some unknown reason. And the other part of the movie is what caught my eye is that we have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan fighting in the Tower of London. We have Jackie Chan locked up in the Tower of London. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the guard and they have these epic fights. And yes, I just want to see that. Just show me that. Okay. I, I just want that. And they also got Rucker Hauer and Charles Dance into this movie, of all people. This has already been released in China and comes out, well, it comes out in the UK on April 10th, so we can assume in America somewhere around then. So let's talk about more trailers, my friends, because we're in the trailer trove. Yay! This movie, the next film, is for the next Wes Anderson movie called The French Dispatch. And in true Wes Anderson form, this has a huge cast and in no particular order it's Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Elizabeth Moss, Lea Seydoux, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Liev Schreiber, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Benicio Del Toro, Angelica Houston, Fisher Stevens, Jeffrey Wright, Jason Schwartzman, Henry Winkler, and probably the lesser known of the names I'm going to mention, Bob Balaban, who you would know from Capote, Lady in the Water, Gosford Park. So it's Wes Anderson. We know it's going to have a huge cast. We know it's going to have that Wes Anderson style to it. And if you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, then let me introduce you. Movies are these things that, that are projected onto a screen where people pretend to be characters and act out a story. I get it. You don't have to like Wes Anderson, but if you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, what have you been doing with your life? And I'm not going to try to explain the trailer. Y you know what to expect from Wes Anderson. And if you watch a trailer, it'll show you how the movie's broken down without really spoiling what it's about. Because I still really don't know what it's about. I just think it looks like a Wes Anderson film and I'm going to watch it. Wes Anderson is like is one of those directors like Martin Scorsese where you you may not like them you may love them either way a new movie comes out and you just kind of see it but just that cast yeah I want to see this movie next up folks we have a movie oh did I tell you the release date for that other one let's see ba -ba -ba. Wes Anderson French Dispatch here we go July 24th okay let's get back to the other movie which is called The Green Knight and this is the second Dave Patel, Dave, <laughs> this is the second Dev Patel movie. This comes to us from David Lowry, who brings us such movies like A Ghost Story, The Old Man and the Gun, and the Pete's Dragon remake. Okay, sure, why not? And it stars Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sean Harris. So this has a good cast, and this is a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And this is brought to us by A24. That's right, purveyor of all indie. Okay, not all indie, but purveyor of a lot of the bigger indie films. And this actually looks like the perfect mix of all of the genres. And it's not so indie 
where I'm automatically put off because it looks like artsy bullshit. No, it doesn't. It looks like a well-crafted, a well-put-together, a well-thought-out movie, and I cannot wait, as this is expected to come out May 29th. Next up, folks, we have another trailer for The Invisible Man. This is written and directed, well, based on the H.G. Wells novel, but it's written for the screen by Leigh Whannell and directed by Leigh Whannell. Leigh Whannell, you would know if you watched the Insidious movies, or if you saw... He was also a writer of the Saw series. Oh, in Saw 1, he was an actor. He was the other guy that was tied up with Carrie Elways. But if you want to watch the entire movie without actually going to see it, just watch his new trailer because it seems like it shows the whole thing. I'm still not interested in this, um, but it could be one of those movies that proves me 100% wrong and I'm just not interested and it's really good. We'll see. We'll see on February 28th. Oh, so we'll be talking about this next week. Next up, folks, we have a trailer for a movie called Cutthroat City. This is set after Hurricane or during and then after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans Lower Ninth Ward. And it's basically about how as a country, as a state, as a city, these people were failed. 100% failed. On every level, they were failed. And one of these people, it's about him trying to make, how he tried to make a life for himself and he had a good thing going. Then this happens, everything's f and he has to turn to crime because there's nothing else. It's either crime or they starve, crime or they die. And this stars Shamik Moore, T.I., Demetrius Ship Jr., Isaiah Washington, Wesley Snipes, Terrence Howard, and I think she's famous, Isaac Gonzalez. And it looks like two movies that came together and blended pretty well. It looks like a scathing indictment of America's response to Katrina, but also it's a crime and heist movie. So this looks like it's pretty good coming out March 14th. Next up, folks, we have the other Jesse Eisenberg movie, this one called Resistance, and it's the story of a group of Jewish Boy Scouts who worked with the French Resistance to save the lives of 10,000 orphans during World War II. I believe it is based off a true story. How accurate is it? I don't know, but you know me, I love stories like this. And how I always say World War II is a plethora of amazing stories to tell. Because even though we've heard stories about people sa saving Jews during World War II, we've heard stories of the French Resistance, I'll still welcome movies about them, because especially if they're based off true stories, it then makes me realize what an amazing world we live in at the same time as what a terrifying world we live in, that World War II was going on. Crimes against humanity were being committed, but we had these people working so hard to do the right thing. This stars Jesse Eisenberg, Ed Harris, Edgar Ramirez, and Clemence Posey, I think is how you say it. Basically, Bodie from the remake of Point Break and Fleur Delacour from the Harry Potter series. This film comes out March 27th. Next up, my future friends, we have the another trailer for the movie The Hunt. Yes, it's that movie that caused such an uproar last year. And I think that the people behind this, the people behind selling this movie did something brilliant. So now they're owning it. They're owning all of these terrible reviews that the movie got. And so their poster, their new poster is filled with these terrible reviews, but then also points out that this is the most talked about movie of the year that no one has actually seen. And it says decide for yourself because this second trailer makes it look like a different movie. Now it's a satire. It's an action horror thriller satire where the first trailer really didn't make it look like that. So could it have been a an example of a bad trailer? Sure. But now this new trailer is showing us the same stuff, but just adding in that it it's making fun of everything that people, including our president, got so butthurt about. Like So many people got their panties up in a bunch about a movie that they have never seen. That only at the time had one trailer out. Well, technically two, but it was just recut. And the reason they were getting angry wasn't even that it has Emma Roberts in it and why the f*** is she still getting work? No, not that. It's because, oh, it's uh, it, it hates Republicans and blah, 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 sh like that. Look, I don't care who you are. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you're that fragile, if you're that much of a pussy, then maybe you should shut yourself away from all media because you're obviously too much of this quaking sandcastle in earthquake country, like the like the smallest movement is going to destroy you, that maybe you should just not watch stuff like this. 
But for everyone else who isn't super offended, maybe check this out, because besides Emma Roberts, there are good people in this, like Hilary Swank, Betty Gilpin, Ethan Supley, and Justin Hartley. I do want to watch this movie, especially now, just to see if it's even worth all of the uproar. Because both sides, if you remember, both sides came after this movie. We had the Republicans angry about it because stupid reasons. And we had the Democrats angry about it. Oh, no, the Republicans were thinking that makes all right wingers look like killers or something. I forgot. But what they said anyway. And all the Democrats, what they said, too. But they were all up in arms because, okay, maybe what they said a little less because the timing of this trailer was unfortunate as it came out after a mass shooting. So I understand why a lot of people were angry for that, but come on, there's violence in movies, there's gun violence in movies. If you want to punish this movie, don't bitch about it online, just don't go see it, don't give it your money. Anyway, the movie that everyone was talking about for the longest time is finally coming out, no longer September 27th, 2019, but March 13th, 2020. All right, next up, folks, we have the trailer for a movie called The Roads Not Taken coming out on March 13th. This is the next Sally Potter movie, who is apparently someone important. She did movies like Orlando, The Tango Lesson, The Party, The Man Who Cried. So if you like those movies, you'll like this one. This stars Javier Bardem, Salma Hayek, Laura Linney. And unfortunately, Elle Fanning is in it too. And the trailer was a little hard to follow. And I think that was the the point. I think that's a point of it. Because I think Javier Bardem's character is losing his mind. And I think that we're seeing him losing his mind in an alternate story of Leo, played Bardem, by, played by Bardem, as he follows the paths he could have taken in his life. Alternatively, we see his daughter Molly, played by Elle Fanning, trying to live her own life, considering her future, but being the only one who seems to be concerned about her dad. But who knows, maybe this is the first movie that I'll watch that Elle Fanning is in, besides Super 8, that I'll even like. But I'm sorry, right now she's just so bland that I don't, I, I don't want to see it. Two more trailers, my future friends. We have one called The Vast of Night coming out on May 29th. This is in the twilight of the 1950s. On one fateful night in New Mexico, a young switchboard operator, Faye, and charismatic radio DJ Everett discover a strange audio frequency that could change their small town and the future forever. I wonder if their town is called Roswell. Maybe. I don't know. It actually could not be because this movie takes place in the 1950s and Roswell incident happened in 1947. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I had to Google it. But this movie looks like the right mix of a 1950s period piece with a sci-fi mystery. And it just looks interesting. And the good news is that it's an Amazon original. So all of us have Prime, right? Because even if you can't afford it, there are ways to get it. You have a friend that has it, so use their account. You are like some friends of mine who had five babies. No, they didn't really. They just claimed they had kids because if, you, if you're having a baby, you get Prime for free. Students get Prime for either free or a discount. There's, there's ways to get it. But anyway, Amazon original movie coming to Prime and some theaters on May 29th. And it stars Sierra McCormick, who I swear I know from something, but I'm looking through her IMDb page and I, I don't know much. The Honors List, Christmas in the Heartland, a TV series called Jesse, Ant Farm, A&T Farm. I, I don't know. Maybe I know her from something. Maybe you do. But again, that looks interesting. And the final film is a movie called Run This Town, which I really can't tell what it's about from the trailer. And if you watch a trailer for Run This Town, this is a perfect example of the type of trailers that piss me off. Because we all know we don't like it when movies show too much in the trailer. We, we hate it when movies spoil it for us. When we can obviously put together what happens in the movie, kind of like The Invisible Man did. But this movie doesn't really tell us anything. We know it's some sort of espionage movie, maybe. Seems kind of like Spotlight or movies like that where we where it's kind of a investigation into something. What is a something? I had to look at the Wikipedias, yes, the good old Wikipedias, to find out anything about the film. Besides the cast, which our good old IMDb gave us, we know this stars Ben Platt, Nina Dobrev, Mena Moussad, and Damian Lewis. 
And the premise, according to Wikipedia, is details the turbulent final year of Rob Ford's tenure as the mayor of Toronto. That's it. That's all I f***ing know. And the trailer couldn't help but go, oh, we're at South by Southwest 2019. We won all these awards. These are what critics said. But you don't tell us a single f***ing thing about the movie. You don't have to spoil the plot. Just just tell me something besides, oh, it's kind of espionage Whoever made this trailer is a hack. And this could have been a movie that I would really want to see, but right now I'm skipping it. But this comes out on March 6th. And that is it for the trailer trove. Let us step into our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, we are back with the movie, so let's talk about the limited release section. And there's only a few movies here, so I'm going to do what I normally do in this case. I'm going to talk about the limited releases, then I'm going to do a couple of the wide releases, and then we'll go on our next break. So let's start with Jinpa. On an isolated road passing through the vast barren plains of Tibet, a truck driver who has accidentally run over a sheep chances upon a young man who is hitching a ride. He chooses to pick up the young man, forever changing his life as the two are now intertwined. The young man is on his way to kill someone who wronged him, and the truck driver is now part of it. This is a Chinese movie that uses the Tibetan language, and I don't know if it has any actual Tibetans in it, because we all know that's a very sore spot to talk about. Next up, we have a movie called Just One More Kiss. Till Death Do Us Part wasn't nearly long enough for Max and Abby as his ghost returns to help her get over him. But with a second chance to be together, neither will ever want to say goodbye again. Aww. This stars no one of note. Aww. Next up, we have a film called True Fiction. Avery Malone, a wannabe writer and lonely librarian, gets her big break when she's hand-selected to assist her hero, reclusive author Caleb Conrad. Whisked away to Caleb's remote estate, Avery is given her only task— to participate in a controlled psychological experiment in fear that will serve as the basis for Caleb's next novel. This stars Sarah Garcia from Rain and John Cassini from Get Carter. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a film called Goldie. A teenager in a family shelter wages war against the system to keep her sisters together while she pursues her dreams of being a dancer. This stars fashion model Slick Woods, also stars Marsha Stephanie Blake from Orange is the New Black, Gabenga Akinagbe from The Deuce, Chris Davis from Atlanta, and Edward Findlay Dickardson from Get Hard. This last movie, out of all the movies in the limited section, does have a little bit of promise, but the trailer just didn't sell it for me. It just sold it as this attempt to tell a deep story without actually following, following through in the product. It, it just kind of fell a little flat for me. All right, let's jump into the wide releases and interesting indies with our first movie called... Premature. Set against the backdrop of a changing Harlem landscape, when 17-year-old Ayana meets handsome and mysterious Isaiah, her entire world is turned upside down on her path towards self-discovery as she travels the rigorous terrain of young love the summer before she leaves for college. This stars Zora Howard in her first feature film, Joshua Boone from Wheels, Amane Lewis from Get the Get Down, and Tashiana Washington from Shaft. When I watched this trailer, I just got the feeling that if Tyler Perry could make movies that were different, that if they didn't, in the end, all boil down to the same shit, this is what he would do. I feel like this is a story he was he's tried to tell before, but it just ended up being the same old Tyler Perry story. This movie was written by two people. One of the writers is Zora Howard, the actress, uh, the main actress in the movie, and the other one is named Rashad Ernesto Green. And I've seen movies like this before. This was based on a short movie released in 2008 of the same name called Premature. Okay, this is weird. I told you that it's based off a short movie as I was clicking on the movie to look at it, and it looks like it has a different premise 
The short film of the same name is about Tisha, a streetwise teenager from the Bronx who discovers she's pregnant and receives no support from her community. She has nowhere to turn and is faced with the most difficult decision she will ever make. And it even stars the same person. It stars Zora Howard as Tisha. So maybe they had another idea. Rashad Ernesto Green and Zora Howard had another idea and chose the same name. Unless somewhere in this feature length film premature, this this uh, girl, what was her name again? Blah, blah, blah. Her name was Ayana, unless Ayana then gets pregnant and it changes her whole life from there. Or she also has that decision to make, do I keep the baby and change my goals or, or at least put them on hold? Or do I give the baby up or even have an abortion? So it will be interesting to see where it goes, but the movie doesn't look like one of those sleeper indie hits. It just looks good. It looks like a basic movie. That tells a familiar story. We see movies like this every year. We see movies about young women, especially young women, young men too, but they, they find love right before they're about to leave for college to change their life forever. They're getting out of that two horse town and going to turn their lives into something. But then wait, there's love. Will this person follow them? Probably not. Thus the, uh, thus the movie happens. Because if they meet this person and the guy's like, oh yeah, I'll just go with you to college, then oh, no movie. No conflict, so no movie. But but I know Premature and Goldie have completely different premises. I get it. But if you watch the trailers for these two movies, maybe you'll see what I saw and just feel eh about Goldie. Like it's trying a little too hard and not really succeeding and better about Premature. Maybe something you won't seek out to watch, but if you find it on streaming one day, maybe you'll check it out. Premature gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called The Night Clerk. A voyeuristic hotel clerk becomes a subject of a murder investigation. This stars Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One, Ana de Armas from Knives Out, Helen Hunt from Twister, and John Leguizamo from The Pest. I almost didn't include this movie in the wide releases, and I'm not going to talk about it long. All I'll say is that it just, it looks interesting. We have Ty Sheridan playing this guy that has, maybe he's autistic, maybe he has just a plethora of other problems, just that all come together to resemble some form of autism. But either way, he's really, really bad with people. And he works at this hotel, and he uses it as an excuse to study people, but he he has hidden cameras placed in all the rooms, not to be creepy, not like he's sitting there jerking off watching them, watching the ladies in the shower. No, he's studying them and how they talk and how they act so he can act like a normal person. Then a murder goes down and the cops are like, hey, this weird guy that works at the desk, maybe we should ask him some questions. He's being really weird. Maybe he's hiding something. But the thing I think that saved it from the limited section was that cast. The night clerk gets a five out of 11. Next up, we have another film I'm going to be pretty quick about just because I put it in the wide releases for one reason. Oh, not true. Two reasons. But the heavy reason was that it stars my favorite character from Jane the Virgin. The next movie in the wide release section and the final one before the next break is Las Piladores de Mi Novio or My Boyfriend's Meds. A woman's island getaway with her boyfriend is thrown for a loop when he leaves his medication at home, medication he needs to act like a normal person. This stars Jaime Camille from Jane the Virgin, who plays Rogelio de la Vega. And remember, he doesn't pop in Peach. I've said it before, but it's actually been a while since I said this, so guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say it again. When it comes to movies from other countries that come up, that really make it across the states and get anything than a like one city release, there are two types. There are the ones that are just really artsy, really good, really presentable for award season going, hey, look at this, look at us. Look at this fancy movie we have. Remember Itumama Tambien? Remember movies like that? Or what was the line from uh, the one from 2018? It was Roma. Yeah, that one. Movies like that. Or we have ones like this, which are just fun, enjoyable. Maybe not to a lot of people who don't speak Spanish and don't jive with the Mexican culture, but but people from Mexico or from Mexican families or who speak the language might enjoy it and might be more likely to go see it just because it's one of those films that is just enjoyable. Las Piladores de Minovio gets a 6 out of 11. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that is it for this part of the wide releases. Let us take a break as we hear word from our good, good friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast who just posted their zombie game. So go check that out and we'll be right back. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Fuck. Yeah, the fuck yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up! How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We are back with the rest of the movies. Let us start with one called Greed. This is a satire on wealth centered around a billionaire high street fashion mogul's 60th birthday on the Greek island of Mykonos. This stars Steve Coogan from Philomena, Ilsa Fisher from The Wedding Crashers, Asa Butterfield from Boy in the Striped Pajamas, Sophie Cookson from Kingsman, Shirley Henderson from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Stephen Fry from Gosford Park, and David Mitchell from Peep Show. Just like with a lot of movies I talk about on the wide releases and interesting indies, this seems like one I may I may never watch, but if I do happen to stumble upon it, it seems interesting. I like Steve Coogan. I like his I like his really brash, really asshole-like characters. And I like the idea of following this this asshole-like billionaire, this Jeff Bezos-esque billionaire, on this journey for his 60th birthday as he tries to make it this big shindig to reinvent his image. An interesting film, something to look out for one day, but highly skippable. Greed gets a 6 out of 11. You know, I should have put the break here, because the next three movies are the bigger movies of the week, and I have more to say about two of them. The first of the final three movies that's not the pick of the week is called Brahms, The Boy 2. After a family moves into the Heelshire mansion, their young son soon makes friends with a lifelike doll called Brahms. This stars Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek, Owen Yeoman from Turn, Washington Spies, and Christopher Convery from Gotham. All right, I never saw the first boy movie. Um, Anne and I have been meaning to watch it, but we just watch other things instead. And even though I've never seen this movie, I do think this trailer looks good. Didn't look good enough to be the pick of the week, but from what she tells me from the first movie, the fact that there's a sequel makes no sense. She even said that if there, if it was a prequel, it makes no sense either, and wouldn't tell me why, because I haven't seen the first one yet. Never mind, she just took it back. Apparently it does work as a prequel, but that still doesn't have any any bearing on its place on the list. It's still not going to be the pick of the week, because I think the other two movies coming out this week look better. And if you like horror and you liked the first one, check this one out, definitely. If you like horror and haven't seen the first one, check that out. And if you like it, check this out. Do you see how that works? That's a very easy, <laughs> very easy steps there. But of course... This doesn't look like the type of movie that you would totally not understand anything if you never saw the first one. So if you just happen to stumble across this, like you're walking by a theater and someone goes, You, sir and or madam, do you want to see a movie for free, but it has to be this one? And you can be like, yeah, sure, why not? I don't care. Movies like this, I don't suggest seeing in theaters unless you are a big horror fan and you like the series. Even though I think the name is stupid, I will see Halloween Kills in the theater. But only because I'm really excited for that. For a movie like this, I think you're fine watching it at home. Brahms, The Boy 2, gets a 6.5 out of 11. Alright folks, the next film and the last one that's not the pick of the week is called The Call of the Wild. A sled dog struggles for survival in the wilds of the Yukon. This stars Harrison Ford from American Graffiti, Karen Gillan from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Dan Stevens from Beauty and the Beast, Bradley Whitford from Get Out, and Omar Sy from X-Men, Days of Future Past. This was going to be the pick of the week, I'm I'm going to be honest, until I rewatched the trailer and the CG dog just bothered me. Now, if what I su- suspect is correct is true, then the dog's not CG the whole time. The scenes of just the dog being a dog and doing dog stuff, that's probably a dog. Unless it's in some, like, harsh environment, then it's probably CG. 
But the dog doing crazy stuff like fighting another animal or diving into ice cold water, probably CG because maybe it's cruel to make a dog do that. I don't know. Call me crazy. But even though I support not putting animals in danger because, you know, I'm a good human being. That doesn't mean that I want to see a CG animal the whole time. Unless you have, like, Disney-level people working on this, it's gonna come across a little weird. It's gonna be off at times. And when the CG of a main part of the movie is questionable, it breaks that suspension of disbelief. So unless the story before these parts is riveting, and I mean riveting, then it won't really, it won't really matter. Any of the danger the dog's in, any of that stuff, it won't really matter. Unless you're one of those people that just can't watch violence against animals of any sort, even if it's fake. I once knew this girl who was visibly shaking during the scene in Braveheart. Was it Braveheart? where they're being charged by those horses and they put down the spears. Back then, we didn't have things like a huge internet with many different tools to use, but nowadays we have something you could watch. Or I mean, a website you can go to before you watch something that will tell you all the possible trigger things in it. But unless you're one of those type of people, I really think the questionable at times CG of the dog will make the movie suffer. I think this still looks good, I think it'll be a fun film, but I think it could have been a lot better. And while it is important to note that not all production companies have the vast amounts of money that Disney does, they don't have all the technology, they don't have access to all of this stuff, it is important to keep that in mind and be forgiving to other, to other companies, but at the same time, you can't tell your subconscious that and have your mind go, okay, I'll ignore the fact that that's a f***ed up looking dog. This does look like a solid movie, though. It looks like a reliable film. If you want to go see something, that will just be good. That will fit the big screen. That will make your price of admission worth it just for the action and the scope of the vastness of everything. Then this movie will be it. I think there's a better movie coming out this week, but here's the catch. I think this movie is a better theater movie, but I think the next movie is a better overall movie. So I'm kind of breaking my own rule of putting the theater first. Just because I can have whatever rules I want. But at the end of the day, this is my show and I have to go with my gut. And my gut says that The Call of the Wild gets an 8 out of 11. And folks, we have the final movie this week. The last movie that is the pick of the week in that film is called Emma. In 1800s England, a well-meaning but selfish young woman meddles in the love lives of her friends. This stars Anya Taylor-Joy from Split, Bill Nye from Love Actually, Miranda Hart from Spy, Tanya Reynolds from Sex Education, Josh O'Connor from The Crown, Gemma Whelan from Game of Thrones, Mia Goth from Everest, Callum Turner from Green Room, and Rupert Graves from Death at a Funeral. So it's time for the good news. Here is the good news. This is a period piece. This is a Victorian era period piece. So that right there has already put this in some of your never going to watch categories. Right there, that did it for some people. And I'm not judging you, honestly. That's fine. If you don't like those type of films, if you don't like period pieces, all right, cool. More for me? I guess, even though movies aren't a finite quantity anymore, but okay, cool. So Emma, of course, based off the Jane Austen classic novel, which apparently is a comedy. I did not know that. The last notable time we saw Emma hit the big screen was way back in 1996, three years before the party. And that there starred Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Alan Cumming, Tony Collette, and, you know, other people. But this one has a bigger cast, and... And this comes to us from director Autumn DeWilde, who this is actually her first feature length film. Before this, she's just just done short movies. And I say just, but there's nothing wrong with short movies, of course. And did a lot of music videos for people like Beck. But it seems like she's hitting the main stage, the silver screen, pretty hard because I like the look of this film. I think this looks very pretty. From at least a superficial glance, it looks period accurate, which is always cool. A beautiful, bold colors in this that just catch your eye. And even the muted tones, the beiges and the grays pop a bit. I think this looks like, out of all the films coming out this week, the best 
film. Like if the Academy only had these films this week to vote on for best picture, I think this would be Call of the Wild just because of not only its presentation, but the fact that it seems like it's going to be really well acted. This has very reliable people in it. Not that Harrison Ford isn't reliable, but Anya Taylor-Joy, always a joy. And the living legend Bill Nye is in this. And I'm going to be honest, I was ready for Call the Wild to be the pick of the week because I had I had not heard of this movie until now. I didn't know another Emma was being made. I didn't know anything about it at all. So color me surprised when it became the pick of the week. But that being said, I'm not going to try too hard to see this in theaters. If Anne wants to see it, I'll go, of course, I want to. I do want to see this eventually. So let's go to the theater to watch it. But this is one of those films that you won't miss out if you don't see it on the big screen. So is this a week you skip a theater watch? Maybe. But if you do want to go to the theaters this week and you want to watch something new, you have two films to choose from. Unless you're a big horror fan, then, you know, you have Brahms. But it's not a bad week. This has been kind of a meh year for movies. It really has so far. But maybe things are getting better? We'll see. Emma gets an 8 out of 11. Well, my future friends, it's time for our final break as we hear word from our friends at the We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're We're doing doing fine and we're back we are back with the question of the week and if you do not remember the question of the week was which fictional female character would you like to add to the birds of prey and remember it could be anyone and we got one one answer outside of the family here and that was from frat matt and he says tomb raider so lara croft adding lara croft to the cast of the cast to the group and that would be interesting because she's i I think she would be in between huntress and renee montoya renee montoya is a cop obviously has some training but maybe not the best at fighting and maybe not as good of a shot as huntress is but then huntress was was she trained by batman i forgot she was, that's right, because probably not this Huntress, though. But originally, the Huntress was Hel- uh, Helena Wayne, who was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman from Earth 2, thus trained by both, came to our Earth, and was badass. So Lara Croft, also badass, so I think that would be a good addition. And I did check all the other places, I didn't see any other answers, so we now turn to Anne, who said River. River from Firefly, that is. So basically, she will just kill everyone. The Birds of Prey don't need to do anything. Just send River in the room and she'll just wipe it out. Just tell her that those bad people over there hurt Simon and she'll just go batch. So she would be really cool and she'd be a very nice counterpoint to the over the top Harley Quinn. I think that would be really cool. Now it's time for my answer, and I, I was thinking about this, and I actually thought about this quite a bit, and I was originally going to go with a character from the Dresden Files. Big shock, I know, you never would have known that. But then I was thinking, well, you could do someone from Harry Potter, and suggested Bellatrix Lestrange, and that would be badass, but the more I thought about it, I had to go with Vin from the Mistborn series. If you haven't read the Mistborn series, it's by Brandon Sanderson, it's a fantastic trilogy and in this world certain people are able to burn metals like they ingest metals and based on what the what their power is and the metal they ingest they can do certain things then the main character was what was called a mistborn and she had all of the powers so she could fly around by pulling herself towards a big metal object she can shoot metal coins like a gun like a gun and now the basic abilities, there's steel, which you can be a coin shot, which allows you to push nearby metals, also makes you able to pull metals. So that's a flying through the air or shooting them. Iron are called lurchers. Oh, no, lurchers pull. Never mind. People who burn tin can enhance all of their senses. People who, be, who burn pewter can get very strong. I know it sounds a little weird, but if you read the books, it is, it is badass. So that's who I would want. So it is time for the next question of the week. And you know what? 
let's let let's do this. Two of the big movies this week are based on old books: Call of the Wild by Jack London and Emma by Jane Austen. One of the biggest movies from last year was Little Women, based on a book. So I know I've already done what book do you want be, to be turned into a movie, or what series of books you want to be turned into a series of movies. I've done that. But let's be a little more specific with this one and see if it changes your answer. So which classic book, and make it an old classic, if you need a specific date, let's just go pre-1900s, or you know, pre-1900. So which old book would you like to see turned into a movie or redone if it's already been a movie? And just for shiggles, who would play the main character? If you really want to go a little later in the 19s, like 1910s, 20s, 30s, okay, I'll, I'll allow it. Just pick a classic book and then tell me who'd play the main character or characters. Well, my future friends, I'm glad I'm back. I hope you are glad I'm back. And pending any further high winds, illness, or any other sh**, I will be back next week with another episode of Future Flicks with Billiam, so why not go into the closing housekeeping? You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>